Regarding Lulu. Chasing internet signal on a Saturday afternoon in northern Colorado. It's a fun thing. They're this sucking is a sport up here. A, a lot of internet signal where you are, I guess. It's a freaking sport here, Greg, let me tell you. Yeah. You know, just, just as much of a freaking sport as it is for us to come up with a name for Lou Reed fans. So I'm just, this is, this is you know, um, I'm, I'm just thinking the lewdness. You know, I, I'm thinking yeah. if I'm a Lou Reed fan, I'm like, I'm a member of the lewdness. How about that? Are you digging it? Uh, yeah. What, what about maybe there's a play? So I. A cool guy. You know, club, it looks like if, on that. if there's anything that's out there on the internet, it, the only thing I could find was dogs, but that doesn't seem to be a anything significant but maybe there nah, it seems like more of an iggy pop reference right i want to yeah. be your dog man but um maybe there's something that we can riff off of the reed part of his name instead of the loo and the i think Lou. we're gonna need to work on that this is a yeah. this is a cold opener that's going on way too long buddy hello welcome everyone this is regarding lulu the only podcast that is dissecting the album Lulu by Lou Reed and Metallica. It came out in 2011. When it came out, everyone thought it was a piece of shit, including me, your co-host, Chaz Charles, along with Greg Wolfie Wolf. Hello, Greg. Chaz, how you doing today? I'm all right, man. I'm really stoked. We have been having some uh, really great momentum with this podcast. We are, it's rolling right along. It's taking on a life of its own, and it's becoming something much bigger than I thought it would be. How about you? Uh, I'm, I'm much bigger than I thought I would be too. (laughs) Speaking of, you know, we just watched since I last saw you, we watched the whale. Have you seen this movie, the whale, Greg? No, but I, 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 you know, knew some of the, the stuff going on with that and, and uh, the uh, Oscar nominations for uh, Frazier and, and the transformation of his, physical form through um a lot of a lot of uh makeup and special effects and stuff like that to make him much larger and much heavier than his uh, normal physique right right and even more grotesque i think than old fat bastard uh you know the mike myers character yeah yeah much Um, much larger yeah yeah and and did you enjoy the movie more lifelike. I got to tell you what, man, it was not what I expected. And, uh, wow, it really, um, meth left me kind of, um, really, uh, not ever wanting to eat pizza again, which is really not something that is, uh, in the cards for me, having grown up in the Northeast, having worked for Roma foods, uh, this will never happen, but I swear to you, I'm sitting there watching this movie. I'm eating pizza, and if you haven't seen the movie, you're not going to get the reference, but I tell you, I'm watching this movie. I got a slice of pizza about an inch from my mouth, and I had to put it down. I just couldn't do it. I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't eat the rest of the night, and uh, wow. I'm going to tell you what. It's – yeah, it, it's uh, – I'm going to say it's, it's, not, it's not a very American movie. I'm going to put it at that. You know, I'm used to, you know, European cinema never really, you know, doesn't end on a happy note or there's always some kind of twist, right? Uh, that's what you get here with the whale. So not yeah. what I expected. I would recommend okay. it, um, but not while you're eating pizza. Okay. Yeah, great performance by Brendan Fraser, though, correct? Yeah, it was really uh, heart-wrenching. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful performance. Nice. 
and a lot of questionable people around him, just like our friend Lulu had coming up in Berlin in the late 1800s, early 1900s, right? So listen to me. I'm using my best radio voice to try and inflect uh, or try and try and inject some uh, excitement into our storyline because this week we're at track number four in Lulu. And I know we have uh, in prior weeks, we've been spending a lot of time on the news and Greg, I don't know. We don't, we don't have another big blockbuster story like the Buffalo chicken wings, but do you have anything, did anything jump out? At you? No, there, I, you know, what, Jazz, I don't think there was, there weren't any big news stories this week. It was really quiet. Was it a quiet was, week, Greg? <laughs> Uh, there, there, n- nothing much going on, really. Uh, you know, when I, you look at the calendar, there's usually like, like huge things going on, but not this week so much, right? Not, not in the news, not, not any really huge news we'd want to talk about or anything like that. Uh, not, I mean, at least not that we'd want to talk about. Maybe there, there, maybe there were some huge stories out there. There might have been some stuff that happened. There but were really no, we're big on, stuff. Maybe even historic stories that were out there, but you know, because. We're we're nothing on this show, if uh, not apolitical. Um, we're not going to go there. I think that's just who we <laughs> that's are, us. and as, we ain't going there. As Lulu co-hosts, that's who we are. That's just that's, that's a commitment we've made to our audience, and they and they trust us, and and we we want to we want to live up to that that and 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 earn that uh, every, each and every episode. Because we're fair and we're balanced, and if we're nothing, we're not. We're not political. We're not political. Okay. No, we're not no. political. So if there if there were, if here. there were any big stories that happened if, of a political nature, we wouldn't talk about. If there were even any huge stories that happened, we wouldn't really they, want to talk about. They could about be those. the biggest stories that have happened in a hundred years, and we wouldn't talk about it if it was political. You know what? We wouldn't. We wouldn't. No. And you know, at this point, what what's not political? I'm going to tell you what's not political. Metallica's new record, 72 seasons. So we got another track this week, Greg. We can talk about that. Yes. That, we got that, another is, track. that is a big news item. Oh, yeah. And man, is this track. Oh, my God. I don't even know if we should get into it now. It is just so incredible. 72 seasons. Metallica going back, it seems like, to their roots. This is now the fourth track we've heard. And I got to say, like every other track before it, it harkens back to a certain period in Metallica's history. Let's just take a look real uh, listen real quick. How about uh, listen rather than look? Take a look and a listen. Yep. Audible here, not an audible, audible look. It's an audible look. So we're going to go into... (laughs) Surf metal. Yeah. It's got some tempo to it. Oh. Man. Oh yeah, then doing the 
classic switch-up. Oh, God, these guys are back in a big way. That is going back to some of the best of Metallica, Greg. Man, that's... So, uh, Chaz, I think uh, for our for our listeners who have been with us before, they I think they know that you are uh, kind of a Metallica fan and have... Spent some time listening to the, to that music uh, over the years. Have you been to uh, Metallica I have. concerts, Chaz? I don't know if you've talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, I've been to two, Greg. Um, I've seen Metallica uh, on the Master Puppets tour. So that was, um, I want to say, it was the first leg of the that tour. So was, it, was, was there a puppet? There was an actual puppet show as part of that. You know what? It wasn't exactly Punch and Judy, but man, yeah. Or in the in the Spinal Tap vein is kind of <laughs> where I was going, you know, because do you remember when they, they had that uh, concert? It was at a festival, and, and but the puppet show had top billing, and then Spinal Tap was second <laughs> on, the, on the billing. Band's manager was very upset about that and, <laughs> and, and said, you know, I told those guys it was supposed to be Spinal Tap on top, and then puppet show. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it again. My kids, we've actually been talking about the past couple of weeks. Got to get Spinal Tap out because it's a classic. And uh, they were too young. You know, that's one of those things, uh, you know, as a, as a metalhead in my 50s, right? When I had kids in my early 30s, first thing I wanted to do, right? When they were old enough to watch television, just go put on Spinal Tap. So uh, yep. they were too young to watch it then. Probably but, the uh, two that I wanted to play for... My my kids were Spinal Tap and Caddyshack. Those there were like you go. the absolute most. And uh, both of those movies actually hold up quite well. There's other movies I played for them that in my mind from, from when I saw them, they were just unbelievably good, but they didn't hold up quite as well. They, you know, they didn't have the same sort of uh, staying power. Yeah, um, you know, when you're sitting there watching weird science with your little kids, it's, yeah, it's a little awkward, right? It's, yeah, it's awkward. But uh, yeah, yeah, my 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 son Ben, who uh, both my kids are, are are very into music and play and play music. But uh, yeah, Ben's Ben's a pretty big Spinal Tap fan. He'll quote some of the lines. Uh, you know, he'll bring those out. So that's it's. I feel like I did something right as a father. You know, raising my children. If if they will quote Spinal Tap, you know, it's not wasn't all for naught. Kudos, sir. No, yes. hats off to you. Thank Wonderful you. job. If they're quoting. If they're quoting those two movies, if they're quoting Caddyshack and Spinal yeah, Tap, both, yeah, both, both, oh, yeah, you've arrived, you, you've yeah. done your job. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it will get trolled. So, so I have a question for you, Chaz. So, yes. so we we just listened to some new Metallica, blistering new Metallica. Yes, yeah, blistering. Yeah, and and you know, I have to say that that you seem like you're you're pretty excited oh, for, yeah. to listen to that music. How, you know, you're, I don't know if we talked any specific numbers in terms of, you know, how old the guys we are. We're not young guys. Um, but um, how do you experience a music like that, like a Metallica music today? Because we've talked a bit about how you experienced Lulu when you first listened to it, which wasn't all that long ago in no. your life cycle. Um, yeah. You know, you were, you were a mature adult at the time Lulu came out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you had, uh, you certainly had children already by that point in your life. Yeah. Correct. Uh, but how do you, uh, I'm just curious how you experience new music by Metallica and, and sort of heavy metal music and, and hard rock like that as uh, a more, you know, mature 
man um, with a lot of life experience versus how you you feel like I don't even know if you can can answer that like how you experienced it when you were young when you were you know a teenager or in your twenties maybe. You know, Greg, it's a good question. So, I mean, I think the biggest difference is probably the way I anticipate it. So the way I wait for it, the way, you know, when I get a wind that a new record is coming, right? So, um, because I, it still brings up all the same kind of feelings. I mean, I can remember listening to first records when they come out and, you know, again, we, I think we talked about it on the first podcast, you know, I can remember being down at the record store waiting for them to open on the day that the new record was coming out, whether it was Judas Priest or Dokken or Van Halen. Right. So, I mean, I was always there. Metallica. Absolutely. Um, hell, I mean, yeah, we were, I can remember I was with, uh, my friend Frank and my friend Chris, and we were in South Plainfield, New Jersey, waiting for the record store to open when, uh, and justice for all came out. Um, we were that eager, right? So yeah, I've been a fan long time. And when, you know, I always get that, that feeling that, you know, that, that magic little feeling when you see the news and social media, which, you know, these days it's where you first see it. Right, that hey, your your favorite band's coming up with a new record. There's uh, there, and these days, you know, because now we've had so many records between when we were young fans and now, right? And there have been hits and misses, and you know, the everything has changed. We've all changed. The bands have changed. We've changed our sentiments, you know, and even our our connection to the music and what's being said. I think you know certainly grows and evolves and changes. And um, I still, though, get that, you know, that just like, oh, I can't. That excitement. Yeah. Get on Christmas kind of a day. Exactly. Christmas. And when when you hear, you know, when you hear it come out and, and, you know, okay, I'm a big fan of when, you know, bands branch out and they try something different, get out of their comfort zone. But man, when they give me something familiar and something I love, especially at this age, it's just so, yeah, it takes me back. Yeah. So hearing that track in particular, very exciting. Um, first couple off the record, I was like, oh, okay, this is Metallica again. But as they've been now the last uh, three that they've uh, previewed for us, I've just been, you know, more excited, you know, each one, each one just building on the last. So, yeah. One thing I I find with, with musicians and with artists that, that I've listened to since I was, uh, you know, a teenager or in my twenties and listened to for, for decades that especially ones that are making new music over a long period of time is, is that sort of you grow up together in a certain way. So when you're, uh, when you're listening to them in your teens or early twenties and they might be writing about one subject, you know, um, whatever, a girl, having a girl, girlfriends or, you know, young love or, you know, whatever subjects, are important to them at that time. And then when they're writing music, when they're 40 or 50 years old, a lot of times they are writing about other topics that are more meaningful to them as a 40 or 50 year old uh, person. And, but, you know, I've grown up with them. So those, those topics are, (laughs) you know, relatable to me in a lot of ways, Uh, you know, almost, like you can even think about the Beatles, right? You know, where, yeah, where their music absolutely. was so sort of bubblegum pop when they, you know, I want to hold your hand or something and then matured and became more sophisticated and, and more serious topics and, and all these other things. So it's interesting to grow up with a band um, and, and having spent many decades, I guess you have with Metallica. 
Oh man, I've spent many, many, uh, yeah, like you said, just, you know, uh, many years listening to the band. And, you know, I think the band that I most identify with, with what you're kind of describing is Def Leppard, right? So there was a, you know, having grown up with Def Leppard in high school, I think, um, you know, when, uh, you know, they came out, they were huge. And then uh, they had the, you know, Rick Allen had the car accident and he lost his arm and they were gone for a few years. They kind of got replaced on the scene, but then they came back bigger than ever. And then, you know, then they had this great upward trajectory from there even. And then they took off and they were just massive. And then, yeah, and then life happened to the band. And then, like, you know, the guys got married, they got divorced, they had kids they did and and that was definitely coming through in their music and it was getting less and less accessible for people that liked them and their pop sensibilities right so i actually really enjoyed growing up with def leppard i can't mm-hmm. say i really grew up with metallica for whatever reason i it's well maybe they never grew up maybe that's i don't the- know that they did right i mean i'm kind of i was just thinking about this the other day i don't know like i feel like for me a certain part of me is trapped in time and i think a lot of my favorite artists in a lot of these bands are kind of trapped in time i don't know if they've i mean they've all gone through the same shit we have but i mean there you know there are a bunch of new releases by other bands that i'm aware of and i'm like wow these guys are still partying like it's 1986 right yeah yeah yeah. i mean not that i don't appreciate that but i'm not partying like it's 1986 anymore it's just right yep you know one that came to mind when when i first started talking about that i was thinking a little bit not so much about the beatles although that popped into my head but but tom petty who was a guy who made music over really like about four plus decades of songwriting and so you know his his music evolved to to other you know, in other ways, in a lot of ways and, and it stuff, did. but, but, um, one that sort of points to this t- issue of, of, you know, being in a different place in your life and then writing songs about that place to me is, um, the talking heads when the talking heads came out with, I think it was called the album might've been called little creatures. It seemed like they were in a place so you know the story that they all went to RISD, the Rhode Island School Design together, and then they formed a band, and then they obviously were extremely successful uh, with that band, and um, they and and you know and still uh, doing stuff. And and David Byrne had a very successful run on Broadway with his uh, show the past few years. Um, yeah, with with I think He's bringing a lot of talk- back stop making sense. He's bringing it yeah. back. A lot of a lot of Talking Heads music and all that yeah. stuff, but. Um, when I think when the Little Creatures album came out, which I liked a lot, um, it was the Little Creatures were were children, and it was at a point I think at their time where they were starting to have babies, okay. right? And so that he it, it sort of captures that moment in their in their lives and in, in their growing up where they're not college kids anymore and they're not young adults. They're you know starting to get a little older and having kids, and all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, a, you know, you and I both experienced that, right? That's a very life changing moment. You live yeah. very differently before kids, and then after you have, especially little kids, and then sometimes you you make it through that phase um, intact, and you and you go into another phase where the kids aren't around anymore. Uh, so right. there's a lot of phases, but um, that one is kind of interesting that it captures that specific moment. 
You know, and I don't, I, I'm trying to think, is there anything where Metallica has been that vulnerable, that open and sharing about where they are in their lives? Like, you know, in a, in a document like their music. And I think the only thing that comes anywhere near something like that, Greg, is just where they were growing up together as a band with that St. Anger. Um, there was an album that came out that was very, uh, if you listen to the guys in the band, right, it was like, uh, it was um, uh, a therapy session, uh, a recorded therapy session is what they did, essentially. Um, and so it was them kind of uh, having gone through all various kinds of phases that you're talking about, but still being together as a band and trying to do things and dealing with substance abuse, uh, dealing with, you know, spousal problems and all kinds of other stuff and shit kind of imploded on them. And it came through in their music. So I think that's probably, you know, their most personal work or the, the thing that makes them autobiographical. The most accessible, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think the rest of the stuff, you know, that they're doing now, it's just good, straightforward metal. You know, metal is escapism, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, metal yeah, right. is social commentary and escapism. Yeah. But what do we have here? We've got art and metal. We've got together this thing called Lulu. We've got this song today called Mistress Dread. Oh, my God. Mistress Dread. Okay. So where are we at? At this point, we're trying to evaluate this whole record, right? From and end as a piece of work, we've listened to three tracks, each one very different from the other, setting up this story, Lulu. In fact, by the point we've gotten to the third track, Greg, the story that we know, the source play, the Lulu plays, written by Frank Wiedekind, is basically all the material's been covered already. Lou Reed dove right in with his lyrics by the third song and basically took us through the most shocking, the, the, the main plot points of everything in that play, his source material. So we've got now seven more tracks of mystery. We don't know where the hell this is going, right, Greg? Because at this point, we, all we did to kind of clear up our ignorance going into listening to this work of art to see if it is, in fact, a masterpiece or a masterpiece um, of. We, we did our we did our work. We, we went in, we, we read the source materials. We've come to this play. We have recognized where Lou was drawing on the source material. We were shocked in the last episode where Lou just basically by the third track shot his load. He gave us everything. I mean, it was like all over my shirt, my pants. I had, I had to go change. We just we, we were drenched. I, I had blood. to throw in a load of laundry. The blue story. What did you think I was talking? I'm talking about blood, Greg. What were you talking? Uh, yeah. I don't no, want to know. Yeah, blood. That's, that was it. Yep. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I don't want to go there. So anyway. Right. So now here we are. We're like, I'm feeling like this is why I was so excited when we got on, man. We're on the edge of the precipice here. We don't know what's happening. We have no freaking clue now. What because, are they going Because, as you say, our preparation was, yeah, we, we read the Lulu plays that, that was inspiration for this album. That's um, it. That's exactly what Lars and the guys in Metallica want. They want people approaching this, what they understand to be a very difficult work, a little more informed. So we've done that. Yes. We, we went and did our homework. We're here. Yeah. We've I mean, he up. asked. He asked that of us, and, and we complied with that. Fucking request. A, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, but, and but we here we are but, in song three, and what the fuck? But what I made I made a commitment to you. I know that you listened to this record all the way through a couple of times a f bunch of years ago when it came out, ten years ago, ten plus years. Ooh, yeah, uh, but I'm tell I you what. I have I've honored my commitment to you. I've never listened to this album, 
So I am only on, you know, I've completed track three tracks. That's all I've listened to. I have not read the lyrics ahead. Uh, I, nothing. So, uh, you know, I don't know what's happening in track four. And so we are going to experience this in real time. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, what, I we don't do. really know what's going on in this track too, Greg. I think the last track I remember that had any impact on me is what we heard. We heard pumping blood and that was it. So track three, uh, track three. So here we are track four. This is mistress dread. I am at the jumping off place. I cannot stand it anymore. Are we ready to do this? Ready? Oh, wait, but wait, no, I'm kidding. Let's go. All right. But first, I'm... <laughs> all right. Mistress Stred starts off with a little organ. He went us up before. Okay, that was what an opener. Wow. Okay, so it was really creepy. I could see Metallica doing that on one of their records, going from that really strange kind of what was that? Like a it sounded like a squeeze box, didn't it? Was, oh, was, I thought it was that, organ, but I don't was know. that an organ? Yeah, maybe it was an organ, straight organ. Oh, you know what? I was chastised uh, for not explaining what an ebo is. So we we are we're musicians, and you know you and I know these things, and we've got our own insight. I actually, language. I don't know what an ebo is. You don't know what one is either. Jeez. So we found out last week, the last time, that not only had you not been to a Buffalo chicken wings, like you said, but you, now you don't know what an Ebo is either. Greg, we're supposed to be. I, fair, I either have or have not been to honest. a Buffalo Wild Wings restaurant. You may or may not have. Right. And I may or may not have heard Metallica while I was eating chicken wings at while you were there dead in the background. Buffalo right. Wild Wings. I'm pretty sure I was in one in Texas. Right. All right. All right. So, okay. You're blind in Texas in a Buffalo chicken wings. Okay. So, is there, by the way, is there any news on the lawsuit, Chaz, that you've uh, heard? not followed up? I think we're okay. going to need to do that next week. I think we <laughs> want to have a regular touch point yeah. uh, with, with council. Um, <clears throat> but here, you know, this, this tune, um, my God, it just kind of kicks you right in the teeth. It it's comes on like, hard. Yeah. It comes on wow. strong. Yeah, so what we're coming out of, which I thought was pretty well built up, I really liked the way uh, they they took us um, with that last song, um, kind of built on what had come before. It started coming together. It really seemed like their vision for smash poetry over, you know, uh, improvised Metallica was coming together. But I got to say, the way this one, I, and I liked the way the music came in, but I'm going to say it's a little disjointed for me. And having him try and speak over this, I guess the the, the speed. <laughs> I don't know. It, just, I mean, it, it sounds like I, I don't know if we know this, and maybe we do. Maybe you do, Chaz. Uh, it sounds like you know 
Lou has lyrics, obviously, uh, it seems like worked out. He has words worked out, but he doesn't seem to have anything in terms of a melody or, you know, even a phrasing almost worked out. It seems very extemporaneous. Like, it seems like if I put these lyrics in front of you and, and, and Metallica said, one, two, three, four, go. And and we said, you know, Chaz, we need you to 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 do these lyrics. That's what it sounds like. Lou is doing, you know, just yeah. extempor, you know, very spontaneous, just very, he, you know, he's not singing. He's almost just chanting a little bit, sort of. Yeah, it, it was hard to it was hard to break it. So I was like waiting for the line because we have the lyrics on the screen here, right? So I was waiting for him to say that last line. But you're right. There's the phrasing isn't there, so it's not coming when you think it should. You know, and it and it's uh, still got some dissonant sounds going on. So you know, I, I'm built like, like you are. I have a dress and a train. Your snake cold lips make a harsh straight line that echoes through my brain. So there's a little bit of rhyming in there, but he was not phrasing that or articulating that. Oh, and I didn't finish that last thought. So the e-bow, my friend, is an electronic bow. So like you would use a bow for a violin, this is just a small handheld device that creates a frequency that vibrates the strings on the guitar when you hold it over the strings. So you basically kind of straddle, um, you take the, 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 it's got like two rails and then it's got a little, you know, um, gap and it's that gap where the frequency is transmitting. And so you basically straddle, uh, the open string with your Ebo and it will vibrate the open string that's underneath it and create but a But it doesn't physically touch it like a bone. Drone. Does not physically touch it. No. So that's what an Ebo is. Okay. So. Tying back into the music, Greg. I don't think there's an Ebo in this song, but not yet. Um, I, I maybe some organ. Say no, the but the, the music. There was some organ in the beginning, and so there. I love the way it started, but yeah, they're going into classic speed metal, full on tear your face off. And like you said, I don't think Lou had much worked out here. I, and again, I think this is one of those one and done things, right? Where. No, maybe they were thinking they could do something different, but he was like, nope, that's what we got and we're going, right? So um, at this point... Yeah, it seems like so far that's been his approach to this this record is is pretty spontaneous, pretty improvised. Like you said, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm at this point not really sure what these lyrics are tracking to, so... Not yet, no. Nope. Let's go. Let's keep getting... Let's get on the train and keep going. You're perfect Let me lift a glass high Let me follow in your footsteps Let me follow In your side you're holding our faces <laughs> so okay i mean i was there with the work of art up through track three but you're perfect let me lift a glass high let me follow in your footsteps let me follow in your side let me follow in your side it rhymes with high i mean you yeah, can say that for right it. yeah right yeah that's about I mean, all you can say for it I, think. I really yeah same structure as the first verse right so he's got the rhyme in the second fourth and fifth 
same. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in analyzing it that way. No, it's actually a little different too. Okay, let's just keep going. <laughs> I think this is one of those ones we're just going to need to keep going. Let's listen. Let me follow. I'm a woman who likes men But this is something else I've never felt such stirrings I feel like I Was someone else a woman who likes men, but this I mean, it sounds terrible. Even me saying, it. "I'm a woman who likes men," Greg. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> hey, about you. Greg, I'm I a woman that. who likes men. <laughs> but this is something else. I've never felt such stirrings. I feel like I was someone else. Okay, so. I'm reading ahead a little bit. I think we just need to keep going. Anything strike you there other than that's really I think we hard. should keep going. Let's, why don't okay. we keep really going and see if we can make some headway with this tune a, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wish you Tie me up and beat me Rush me like a kick Leading strap across my back Some blood that you could give Oh, kiss away Oh, kiss away I wish there was a strap of blood that you could kiss away. I wish there was a strap of blood that you could kiss away. They're throwing in a bunch of, I don't want to name the songs that, <laughs> that they're throwing in, but what they're jamming on in the back of a bunch of their own riffs. So this isn't, it really is not something new going on. And, and unlike, you know, uh, what, one of the things we pointed out with track three was that, that there was um, a lot of different parts uh, yeah. where there was, you know, fast or, 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 or strong uh, riffs. And then there was like, very very soft and and gentle parts and and there was a lot of movement in the music and so far in this song we're just full tilt it's just thrash it's just you know full balls out thrash yeah oh kiss away oh kiss away i wish there was a strap of blood that you could kiss away I don't, yeah i don't know what that means what? what's a strap of blood i don't know dude yeah I, what what does this mean so i'm not getting it i mean i got the little bondage part before then always goes into you know tie me up and beat me crush me like a tick okay a bleeding strap across my back some blood that you could kiss so definitely the blood thing is back blood thing i is guess I, uh, maybe a strap of blood is i guess 
as a whip, I guess, strap or something. Of blood. Right? They're a bloody strap. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's whipping you, you know, till you bleed. And, and Gee, this is, is Lulu. This She's, is Lulu. And, 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 um, uh, and it's, you know, there's blood. So, well, wait, though. She, yeah, it definitely she's seems. She's not beating you. She's being beat. Crush, crush me like a tick. Beat me. Yeah. But wait, some blood that you can kiss. Oh, well, blood from her back that you could kiss off her back. Wow, this is. It, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Let's just keep going. I was actually just going to make a, a, a joke that my, my wife would really not appreciate, so I, I stopped. I. Find me with a scarf and jewels. Put a bloody gag to my teeth. I beg you to degrade me. If there are ways that I could eat. This is pretty hardcore. I'm going to use this as my ringtone. Is there waste that I could eat? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Okay, tie me up with a sc <laughs> scarf and jewels. Put a bloody gag to my teeth. I beg you to degrade me. Is there yeah. waste that I could eat? Sadomasochism is Jesus. what's happening, right? right? Yeah, this wasn't in the play, folks. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Remember, Lou was in a bad place when he wrote this. He was yeah, and, and, right. He was very sick. Yeah, Lou. He was, was. in pain. One of the things that we were talking about last week uh, or last episode was that you know trying to speculate since it seemed like the track three ended at the end of of the play. The play, with the, yeah. The Jack the Ripper killing Lulu. Yeah. Um, that you know would he just go off in some different directions, sort of. Um, using that as inspiration to move in some different directions um, that are not really more uh, specifically in the play. Uh, but, but he's still, he's still, uh, you know, drawing from, from that Lulu character and, and, and moving, moving her into some different scenes that didn't actually occur in the play at all. Yeah. Like, I don't know how this big does not seem the whole to scatological the thing is in Germany. I mean, I always make jokes, you know, having come up in the magazine industry, we all saw those terrible German porn magazines. Come on, Greg, admit it. You saw them, right? We saw them. Uh, I, and so, I neither um, confirm nor deny. You're not going to confirm or deny that? <laughs> the, uh, the is stories, there right? Waste? I could eat. Oh God, let's not go there. No, no, no. <laughs> Moving on. Not going to have that digression on this podcast. Um, I beg you to degrade me. Is there waste that I could eat? So guess what? I just kind of scrolled ahead. It gets better. So let's just keep going. So we've got, we've got um, now the extension of the Lulu story. I, this, to me is i don't know maybe this is an episode from her this life. is this is the third play in the series i have no friggin idea called yeah yeah i'm <laughs> just gonna hit play here we go i am a secret lover i am your little Sorry. 
This is you wake up the next morning and go, I'll never drink again. Yeah, this is definitely, uh, Chaz, the most uh, sort of explicit uh, that uh, Lou has gone so far uh, in the album uh, with, his, with his lyrics. Oh, my God. This is Caligula in print. I mean, this is I, time. In, in, uh, in song. In song. I am a secret lover. I am your little girl. Please spit into my mouth. I'm forever in your swirl. Now, come on. It sounded like the worst, uh, the worst of a, uh, what I want to say, you know, drugged out, drunken, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm just so shocked here. I can't even come up with the word. Oh, drag queen. And you just hear him, right? I mean, his voice. I mean, you just see him. The, the image is in my head. Like he's falling around a, a Chelsea hotel room. He's all drunk and ranting and dressed in drag and lipstick all over the place. You're heartless. But yeah, when you I hear, love that. When you hear Lou with his his deep I'm seeing him. voice saying, you know, sort of screaming, I am your little girl. It's, it's pretty, <laughs> right. yeah. Dressed up in a sequin dress with lipstick and eyeliner and drunk and falling over and yelling yeah. at people and um you're heartless this and is, i love that this, this is this is some this is some this rough is stuff it, it, well yeah well because here we come right you you have no use yeah. you're heartless and i love that you have no use of me so i can see this being the Lulu character i definitely can see this being in the heart and mind of Lulu. like the self-hating Yes, going on. I mean, the, the self love. Did we see that in the in the play? Do you think specifically? I don't feel like I I recall that. I didn't see. Well, there were some references to her coming from nothing. I think that's as far as it went, though. I don't think. Yeah, she, there wasn't she, so much. She, there wasn't a lot of. She seemed like she for a lot of the play, and then we saw the the silent movie version as well. Both of us and and it seemed like. It didn't seem like she was, it seemed like she was a survivor and yeah. she, you know, um, she put herself first. She was at the center of attention and, and, but I don't feel like she was sort of hating herself in any way. No, I don't think so. No, but, but this, this is interesting. You're heartless and I love that. So maybe this, yeah, is this character is one of her lovers that she admired because she saw some of herself there. I don't know. She this this character. I don't know that this. I, I'm having a hard time saying that this is the Lulu character, but this woman okay. uh, in this in this song is definitely wanting to be abused. Well, do you think when when she says something like, "But I open," when I, she says, "I beg you to degrade me." Yeah, that's how it starts. When she says, "You're heartless," and I love that. When she says, "Please open me," I beg. Uh, it sounds like she is really, um, you know, she wants to be degraded. Degraded. You have no use of me. And I love that. 
then insert a fist, an arm, some lost appendage. Whoa. Well, yeah. He's opened me. I bet. Right. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, so this is, this is, I'm going to have to, you know, <clears throat> stick with that sort of uh, point of view. I think that this, I'm not, I'm not uh, seeing that this character, this woman in this song is Lulu. I'm not seeing that. You're not seeing that? Okay. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to double down and say it's Lulu. I, I don't know where the fist, the arm, or the appendage, where that's going. Um, so I'm not going to go there. Um, I think we just need to keep rolling right along. I'm just so I don't. I, don't I, I certainly didn't see Lulu. I didn't see Lulu play that role in the Lulu plays, uh, the woman who wanted to be degraded. I never saw that Lulu in the play. So um maybe you know like we were thinking maybe <gasps> lou reed is exploring this i know who this is i know who this is this is the countess the countess um, that's who i think this is it's not lulu no. i think it's the countess mistress right. dread and she- and and the countess was in love with Lulu, right? Well, she was. And you're heartless, and I love that. You have no use of me, Greg. That's who this is. Okay. See, you're you're very very well done. I have to commend. Well, you. and she was subservient. So this whole idea is there waste that I could eat. She was uh, subservient. Uh, you're, you're, so okay. She yes, she was. Crush me like a tick. So maybe maybe that's maybe the these tracks maybe what we're seeing here is that that Lou then goes to explore some of the other characters uh, in in the yes, Lulu plays. That's what's he's, going he's, on. Greg. He sort of did the yep. main story with Lulu centric yep. story, but now maybe we digress to some of the other characters. Dude, I think we nailed it. Yeah, and, and they I'm get a, in, you nailed it, and they get into the spotlight. Yeah, well, I'm a woman who likes men, but this is something else. I've never felt such stirrings. I feel like I was someone else. That is, yeah, that's the that's the Contessa. That's her. Yep. I'm convinced. Yep. All right, let's move on. So she likes men, but she was in love with Lulu. But she fell in love with Lulu because Lulu was so just, you know, uh, and, you know, she was just so exotic and so, um, you know, uh, well, what did what did we say that that first episode? Lulu was that um, she was that flame that you couldn't help but get too close to, right? You knew it was going to burn, but mm-hmm. you had to do it anyway, right? And yeah. that's yeah. what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think we were actually just a little more romantic than what this is playing out to be. But yeah, this, hey, man, whatever. Yeah, this is this is. This is, I think he's he's Woo. taking it to a different level than 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 uh, Wedekind took it to, but but yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say, you know, I was making those jokes about those German magazines before. I know they're very liberal over there. I know a lot goes on, but wow. Woo. Okay, let's let's get through the rest. You are my Goliath. You are my Goliath, and I am this good Bagpipes in the air, the the droning, 
Mm, so it's yeah. not an Ebo this time. It's a, it's an organ or a bagpipe. Yeah, it does sound like that. I love you in my head. Oh, kiss away, kiss away. Kiss away, kiss away. All I ask, my baby, is away. All I ask, my baby, is away. and roll baby ah, it's like a musical joke at the end there oh man i was waiting for the punchline um so wow oh wow i definitely think we figured it out you are my goliath you are my goliath i am Mr. what does that Stone. mean does that mean something to you you're my goliath well lulu was much bigger than life um and lulu was much bigger uh to this woman who ended up i think at, at the end right gave lulu uh gave up her entire fortune for lulu um, gave up her residence for Lulu, did, did, right? Who did was she, the woman in the play that homeless. swapped places with Lulu and went to jail in her place? Yeah, that's her. Yeah. That's her. So, yeah, she gave up everything. For her. Her and liberty. then Lulu gave her up in the end. She abandoned her. Left her for nothing. Wow. Okay, so this is cool. We're. I wonder if we're going to get into some of the other characters. So if we'll get into Shone and the Doctor and... Ava, uh, Alva, the Alva? son, yeah, yeah, the son. It'd be interesting, right? Because he, one of the men, committed was involved in the murders. Yeah, uh, and, and at the end, it's it. She's with when they go to, we think, London or something. Yeah, she's with Alva. Yeah, with 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 Jack the Ripper there and stuff. Yeah, she's with this Doctor Shown's son Alva and right. and with uh, I think her, the father oh. figure, right? The the old man. No, isn't she with the contortionist? Oh. Don't they end up with the, th <laughs> yeah, so there's like that weird contortionist guy that comes up in the middle of the thing. Remember, there's like, you know, the, all these weird theater people that kind of come and, come and go. Yes. And there's that one guy, Marcello, I think was the character. And, and in, in the scene when they're in the apartment at the end of the play yeah. and, and Lulu's doing the, turning the tricks and stuff. Right. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so definitely Alba Alba. there. Yeah, I think the other guy, I think the contortionist is with them. Oh, but you know the character I'm talking about, which is the sort of uh, uh, hobo, older oh, man yeah, yeah. who was Lulu's first benefactor or, yes. you know, original. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm not sure if he's with them at the end or not. I think he I died. was thinking he was, but maybe. No, I think he was definitely in the, um, in the movie version. Yeah, yeah. The movie was a little different. Okay. 
I, I can't remember at least how they did it in the play specifically. Yeah. Well, anyway, holy shit. Woo. Wow. Greg, where are you at after four songs? Uh, I think whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> yeah. This one's, this is a rough one. This was a brutal track. This was, Wonder, um, I mean, I think, you know, Lou is, is, I, I feel like, it was it was very hard. It's very difficult in the first track, and 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 Lou was kind of setting the stage, and 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 it was almost like, hey, you know, if you're in for a dime, you're in for a dollar on this. You know, you gotta you gotta, you know, be willing to to make the commitment, right? If you because it's not gonna be, I'm not gonna be easy on you, right? And I'm then, not giving this away. And then he, you know, sort of eased up a little bit, and 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 and. The, the music got a little bit more accessible and 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 more interesting <laughs> a little bit, stuff right? going on, and and by the third track we were like, yeah, this is this is this is pretty cool. This is interesting, and now I feel like he just smashed us over the head with this fourth track, and it was <laughs> absolutely brutal musically and lyrically. Just yeah, brutal. and I feel like so I've been raped. I, 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 I need I, a shower. I'm I'm curious if if that's sort of the, the dynamic here is that you know he brutalizes us he roughs us up he gives us a hard time and then he takes it easy on us a little bit to get us back in and then he hits us again you know maybe that's what he's going to do you know it's certainly uh, not during in the background now which is open so uh, uh, Lou uh, when he was working with Metallica was clearly not feeling very well was clearly um, in a place where he needed to get out uh, some, you know, what I would just, what I'm hearing in all of it, right? It's gear. I mean, I'm, you know, it, the, the delivery, uh, I mean, I'm just hearing like raw emotion. I'm not necessarily hearing it from the characters. I'm hearing it in his voice. Yeah. I'm hearing like depression. I'm hearing anger. Compared to some of this other stuff. So like Open Invitation, when I found out, and uh, we've been reading through the book um, that uh, just came out. What's that book called, Greg? I forget what the book's called. The Lou Reed book. Uh, yeah. That uh, uh, is all about um, his open invitation into getting you into his Tai Chi lifestyle. Yeah. Tai Chi, is it, Tai Chi. I, I, it's, it's something about uh, a straight line, I think. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway... What was going on uh, in his life? Uh, th these tracks, actually, that have been released, this track, Open Invitation, was actually, uh, I think, recorded back in like 2008, 2009. But, um, uh, what he did, Metallica came with Metallica, came shortly after this. Um, and God, man, just the difference in like, what we're hearing versus what he's done here with this track. And like you said, lyrically, where where is this going? Why this whole foray into really, really rough B&D, S&M? Don't know where that's going to go. Like you said, that context of that character, or, you know, if we're thinking that this is a Contessa, I didn't really see that in the play, but there was certainly the underpinning of, you know, she fell in love with the girl. That's for sure. Um, so Greg, we are left here kind of scratching our heads. I, I can't say that I'm at the place where I was like, you know, where I'm 50, 50 and no. kind of, yeah, I'm not, as as this goes on here, I'm just like, wow. I'm Man, just maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe, 
Are we lo- we're losing a little faith, maybe, I think. Uh, well, I don't know that I'm losing faith. I mean, you know, the music I heard was pretty brutal, but it, it just he scared, was not. He scared me off a little bit with that, that track. Yeah, though. okay, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, this isn't one you, you're not, not putting on and dissecting with the children around. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't say that um, I'm in the same place I was after, after uh, the last track. Um, but we, 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 you know, even though we felt, uh, that, that, that by the third track that, that, you know, this was something worthwhile, um, uh, we were uncertain about the future. We're definitely uncertain about the future. And I'm even more uncertain, Greg, as I kind of look at the track list and see what's coming, right? So the tracks that are coming next one's called iced honey, cheat on me. Frustration, Little Dog, Dragon, Junior Dad. Now, Junior Dad is 19 minutes and 28 seconds long. Oh, my God. I I cannot say I remember hearing it. I have read some buzz about it, so I'm not going to reveal what I have heard. Um, But I do not remember, I got to tell you, any of these songs, Greg. So this Mm -hmm. one didn't do anything for me other than the you know need to try and pick out which riffs they were playing in the back there because like again i i believe that all those were that was an amalgam of a bunch of stuff that they've done before just all thrown together and improvised they were just jamming um that and that i think is probably for me of what we've heard so far the, the clearest uh indication of them just improvising just just noodling around just jamming because i recognized a lot of that stuff Um, but yeah, no, this didn't feel like they were like what they tried to do with, um, you know, the view, um, or, you know, yeah, it felt like, yeah. Uh, and, and, and we were talking about pump and blood and, and that seemed arranged. I mean that there was a lot of thought in terms of, you know, where it was, why it was there. Right. I mean, it seemed really purposeful. And this seems very improvised. I mean, not so much that. You know, I mean, he, 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 I think the, the lyrics are very intentional, but, um, the, the, the way he performs it is very improvised. And then the way metallic, as you say, the way Metallica performs, it seems also quite improvised. So the whole thing just comes across as, you know, they're just, they're just throwing it, throwing it against the wall almost. Right. It really does because there was nothing where you could really say, okay, that's where they were throwing their hook in. Right. That's where they were latching on. They didn't give us anything coming together. They gave us nothing. Right. This was totally disparate. This was Lou over here, Metallica over here. This wasn't Lou Talica. This was Lou Reed playing over top of Metallica. I didn't really, I mean, I felt like he was to some degree, you know, when he was doing his um, lyrics and when he, you know, his, his poetry, his whatever, um, you know, he was, he was working, he was fitting it to some degree into what Metallica was doing, but you think it so? felt like, I didn't catch that. I, I was, but I they, kept but they were that. just, you know, doing it in real time almost, you know, I, I kept, I kept like listening for the hit. I kept listening for like, where were they going to like, Bam, the downbeat. It and just it didn't come together for me. I just didn't feel like they were yeah. like they ever got to that spot. You know what I mean? Like, bam, we've arrived and everybody looks yeah. at each other. Right. It just doesn't feel like that. Right. Like you didn't take it to no. that place and everyone was in awe. It was like, what the fuck? When's this going to be over? <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, Greg. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, as they, the, they, as they Brian made Epstein d- used to say, not everyone to hit, boys. No, I don't think he <laughs> they, ever said that to them. But. They, they may, he, you know, I think they... I, I feel like this is intentional. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> well, think that they were trying to do they, something other than what they did, but it seems like what they were trying to do was have something that hits you over the head that is, is very improvised and with very obviously strong, powerful, uh, aggressive music and, yeah. and with, you know, very disturbing lyrics, very, uh-huh. but this, they're not making it easy. It's basically are, they, as I think you said a long time ago, this is, this work is a challenge. This, this, he wasn't handing us anything. It wasn't go put your headphones on, go light a doobie, sit in your big fat, you know, beanbag chair and mellow out. No, man, this is, uh, you're going to need a shower every time after you hear this thing. I just, <laughs> Oh my God. Although, uh, I mean, to me, iced honey sounds delightful. <laughs> we will see. Depends it sounds like a little treatment. watermelon sugar, right? Well, baby. Get me some dirty honey, some raw, dirty honey. Pour some sugar on me. All right. <laughs> Always comes back to Def Leppard with you. What is Every, this? Everything comes back everything. to Def Leppard. All right, Greg. Well, hey, I think I'm going to go take a shower. Um, yeah, I'm going to throw <laughs> in a load of laundry. All right. Well, and uh, everybody, uh, thank you for joining us again. And uh, make sure you go check out all of our friends on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Uh, The shows, they are many, uh, and the uh, topics are very diverse. And if you like Deep Purple, if you like uh, uh, Black Sabbath, if you like Iron Maiden, if you like Judas Priest, if you like Van Halen, the list goes on and on and on. Tom Petty, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you name it. Queen, there are so many podcasts. Uh, We're doing this goofy little one here about Lulu, uh, and uh, there are more. So please check us out on the web, Deep Dive Podcasting Network. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook regarding Lulu. Uh, We're also on Twitter, uh, at regarding Lulu. Uh, Greg, you are out there in your accidental breakdown. You guys getting ready for the big gig coming up here in April? Yeah, we got that one coming up, definitely. All right. Well, hey, we got news in the Steel Revenge camp as well. We've got a gig coming up here in northern Colorado in June. Uh, More to come. We're going to be playing a a benefit uh, outside on the big trailer, on the flatbed trailer. Getting really excited, putting some new songs in the set list, uh, getting the amps out, dusting off the PA, you know, so... uh, Mm-hmm. things are Warm, happening warming up the tour bus right warming up the bus man you know it's getting warmer here in colorado so today we're Very at nice. what are we? i think we're almost 60 before we know it the the outdoor gig season will be here in we'll connecticut and colorado yes the sessions the season we're, we're, we've got a gig down at the uh, down at the beach in in norwalk connecticut uh, uh lined up for for june actually so we'll be out we'll be outdoors uh soon as well very good. Accidental breakdown in Norwalk. Very beach. nice. All right. You're going to need to give yeah. us a date. All right. We're going to have to promote. Yeah. All right. Well, Greg, like I said, I do need a shower. This pleasure. song was filthy. I am just disgusted. Uh, all I ask, my baby, kiss away, kiss away. What the hell did we listen to? I don't know, yep. Greg, but. Uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still uh, very uh, excited to see what's what comes next. There's, there's so much more. We're, 
we're only four tracks in and probably in terms of the amount of music that's on this this album we're probably what 30 percent into this album right oh, now we barely maybe 25 percent there's a ton there's a ton left so anything can happen really at this point it truly uh, can it, you know, i mean we've if we've learned nothing jazz we've learned that anything can happen on this album you know it and it has every week it keeps so we're going looking forward to ice honey uh for for uh episode five we're gonna do it next time iced honey here five out of ten i'm regarding lulu so thank you all for showing up and suiting up and sitting with us through what the hell we listened to today mistress dread oh god yeah i'm a big shower good times yeah.